Hey, Tracy Brown here. Welcome to Spiritual Practices Network, where practice makes progress. On today's show, you'll hear highly recommended resources to support your spiritual growth from author Michael Grundy. I'll chat with Lynn Klein about Labyrinth. And of course, there's the Spiritual Practices Makeover. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Career consultant and life coach, Maureen McDonald has helped hundreds of individuals and families navigate a job loss, career transition, or job search in this difficult economy. And she can help you, too. Whether it's adjusting to leaving the military and entering civilian life, just graduating college, or simply reinventing yourself, she can work with you locally or via Skype. Her services also include interview prep, professional resumes, cover and follow-up letters, and much more. To get Maureen working for you, contact her at 817-449-5800. That's 817-449-5800. Once again, 817-449-5800. Or you can email her at mcdonaldmaureen16 at yahoo.com. Give your career that extra edge. Call Maureen McDonald today at 817-449-5800. Built on the premise that one person can make a difference, Tough Angels assist in creating safe havens for women and children of violence in developing countries, providing to help educate them and support them in restoring dignity, hope, and healing. And you can help by participating in the Tough Angels Wedding Ring Project. Repurpose old wedding rings, jewelry, rings, whether broken or missing parts. Through a unique arrangement, Tough Angels can receive full refinery price, making your donations go even farther. To mail your old jewelry, visit their website, toughangels.org. That's toughangels.org. Or call them at 303-880-8086. That's 303-880-8086. Toughangels.org. One person can make a difference. Visit them at toughangels.org. Where will you find Tarot? Angel card readers, psychics, clairvoyants, healers, dreams, feng shui, past life, aura photos, and much more. Only at the Dallas Psychic Fair, the oldest and largest psychic fair in North Texas. Admission's just $7, plus there's a $2 off coupon online. All readings are $15, and you can pre-book and pre-pay for your readings on the Dallas Psychic Fair website. You'll find complete details, plus a $2 off admission coupon on their website, DallasPsychicFair.com. That's DallasPsychicFair.com. Simply the best since 1979. Presented by Enterprises. Hi, I'm Tracy Brown. Please join me here on Spiritual Journeys Radio Network for Spiritual Practices That Work. Together, we'll experience inner peace, we'll learn how to be calm in a crisis, recognize and honor our connection to spirit, and so much more. So join me here on Spiritual Journeys Radio Network. If you are ready to attract what you want and release the rest, I'll see you right here Tuesday evenings, 9 p.m. Central. This is Spiritual Journeys Radio Network. Everybody say Namaste, 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 Namaste. 
welcome to today's Spiritual Practices at Work. I'm so glad you have joined us. I'm visiting with Lynn Klein, and we are going to talk about Labyrinth! <laughs> and we're going to have fun, so come along with us on this journey and conversation. Let me tell you a little bit about how I met Lynn Klein. Now, if you know me at all, and if you've listened to the show at all, you know that I don't believe in coincidences. So I'm going to tell you about the coincidental way <laughs> that uh, Lynn and I started talking about labyrinths. We were at a conference, and we coincidentally sat next to each other and talked about a number of things. And then Lynn casually referred to a little project she was working on while at the conference. And I was like, Labyrinth? Really? Oh, oh no, I've got to talk to you. You've got to share with the listeners on spiritual practices that work all about Labyrinth, especially in the way that we're going to be talking about it today. What do you want to know? <laughs> um, I'm going to start with sharing one of my the most exciting parts of the conference for me was um, the planning of building a labyrinth yes. on site at the conference with the youth group. Yay. And in order to do that, um, I needed to practice doing it first before I, just so I knew for sure how this would work out on the beach. Yes. So I had the beautiful privilege um, to celebrate my husband's golden 50th birthday, and we were all just having a beach party out in Malibu, and I built a six-circuit medieval labyrinth on the beach alongside this gorgeous cliff. And it was just beautiful because once we completed it, people who didn't know what it was were just walking up and began walking the labyrinth nice. and then asking questions, what is this you're doing? So, nice. And my favorite vision is not even of our, our little circle of people, but the strangers, including two little girls and their mom. Oh. And they're dancing through the labyrinth. <gasps> which was, is perfect because there's no rules, there's no way to get lost in a labyrinth, and that just thrilled me. So I love um, it. So you got to build a labyrinth before building a labyrinth. Right. <laughs> and have the experience of people interacting with the labyrinth who didn't really know what they were doing right? and realize that it's easy. Yeah, without even an invitation without instruction, without giving rules or any, you know, that was the beautiful part of it. There was no limitation to their participation on the labyrinth. Just show up, be open, start walking, you know, enjoy. Wow. So if there's someone listening who's never heard of a labyrinth before and doesn't really know what we're talking about already, they have picked up that you don't really have to know how to do it. Right. But let's go back a little bit and give lay a little foundation. So what is a labyrinth? So a labyrinth is a sacred geometry, and it's ancient. And I won't get too far into the history because there's plenty of it. But basically, it's a walking path, um, but it's, and it looks like a maze, but it's not a maze. Mm -hmm. um, unlike a maze where there's tricks places to get lost and stuck, a labyrinth 
you cannot get lost on the labyrinth. Exactly. I mean, and even if you get turned around on the labyrinth, it just means you're going to get to do it over. <laughs> you're yeah. going to go in a circle, and there's nothing wrong with that. So um, It kind of mirrors life. Right. You take a wrong turn, you figure your way out, and you're back on your path. But you don't get stuck or blocked. Not stuck or blocked. Absolutely not. So the labyrinth is a walking meditation. And essentially, there's a path, a set path, that you follow this path. You walk to the center. It's a circular path. You walk to the center, and there you are at peace, however you'd like to phrase it. I, I have the three R's I call um, relaxing as you walk in. And when you reach the center, you're receiving. And when you're exiting, then you're remembering or you're reincorporating what it is you may have received in your stillness in the center of the labyrinth. So the whole process is a walking meditation. Yeah, and I love that. Um, for people who aren't really familiar with the labyrinth, as you follow the pattern in, there is a place where you get to that is the center. Right. And I love what you said just now about relaxing as you are walking into center and then in the center receiving what is spirit's message for me? What is the guidance that will best serve me? What am I to know? But whatever you do, however you phrase that question, or even if you don't formally ask the question, right. at that place of being in the center, you are open to receiving. It's like the walking in is walking in to, you know, oftentimes we'll, when I'm walking a labyrinth, I will start with a question. Right. Or some aspect of my life that I want more clarity about. Even an intention. Setting an intention, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm walking in, I'm not trying to figure it out, mm -hmm. but I might chant or I might just say I'm open to receiving guidance for um, relationships or guidance for career choice or guidance for making the decision about something. Right. And when I am in the center, I'm just open to that. So I love that. And having received that, then, yeah, as I'm walking out, I'm remembering not from my own mind so much, but I'm remembering from universal mind, from spirit itself, what I need to, what I could do, not what I need to do, but what I could do or mm -hmm. what resources I already know about that might help me and support me. Well, and just remembering who you are and the allness of who you are. Um, and so the other piece, another way for me to say this, um, when you are taking the time to walk toward the center, relaxing is one way, letting go, the idea when you're releasing. saying uh, releasing, releasing and clearing yourself, clearing your energy, releasing blocks so that you are, as you say, open when you arrive to the center. Very cool. Yeah. And one of the things that I like to do, we um, have angel cards. I'm sure everyone can kind of get a sense of that. They're just cards that have inspirational words on them, and we place them at different points around the labyrinth, whether it's at the entrance or in the center or even all around, because I could go right into the 
many features of the medieval labyrinth and all kinds of points of just sacred geometry and but I'll just keep it simple um, and you pick a card up while you're walking and you know nine times out of ten when, what we'll do is at the end of the labyrinth we'll sit and talk about our experience and people will talk about the cards that they've picked up and how perfect they were and they just tell a story <laughs> you know, they, they'll hit the nail right on the head as to what that beginning intention was or maybe they didn't even know why you were like you said I don't know why I'm on the labyrinth I don't have a specific something but by the time you go through you realize exactly exactly what was in alignment with you in your life in that moment that may have needed some processing needed some healing needed some love and that's when you're remembering and it's, it's a wonderful thing Wow. So I'm curious, what was your first experience or, or what got you into being excited about labyrinths? Well, my first experience was um, I was introduced to, uh, to the labyrinth at a conference, just like the one we met at. And that from that moment on, I never passed up a labyrinth. Wow. And have begun to seek them out wherever I go, travel. What, and then my own spiritual center, we started, we built a labyrinth on indoor, outdoor carpet of all things. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be I fancy. I'm building them on the beach, you know. Um, and so I have been walking them ever since, since the first time I walked one. So I've been walking them now for over six years, six or seven years. And I just find peace, you know, every, everyone shows up and everyone receives what they need in the moment. That makes so much sense that you feel peaceful so you seek it out more. Right. Yeah. So peace. Mm. Can all use a little more peace? Ah, give me some of that. <laughs> yeah. So I let, you mentioned that your spiritual center you all built. So you built a portable one? Yeah. On, so, yeah. Yeah. And in our center, we have a portable one as well that we can roll up. Mm -hmm. And we bring it out for rituals. We bring it out for uh, special events. And we take it to different locations to educate people mm -hmm. about the labyrinth experience. Um, and in the city where I live, there are a number of permanent labyrinths, mm -hmm. some indoor and some outdoors. So as our listeners live all over, mm -hmm. I really do encourage you to go to the Internet and Google um, or do a search with whatever search engine you prefer, <laughs> uh, labyrinth and your city or public labyrinth in your city name to see what comes up. I, I think there's even a site called labyrinthlocator.org. I, I, I don't know for sure. Um, it's nice that you're sharing that you go out with your roll-up one, and we I um, participate with our uh, spiritual community as well. We go to a prison 
nice. in California, and it's a men's prison. And I, every time I go, I walk away with another gift, if not several. And it's really amazing because, you know, you think you're going and you're going to bring something to the men yes, in prison. Right. I'm doing and, this good thing for and for other people. Right. But instead, you know, what's happening is you're there and you're in the you're receiving from them. You're learning from them. And I'm always, always so happily. <laughs> I don't know what the words are, but I'm always surprised at how profound the experience is for them, you know, and and their willingness, their willingness to participate is always amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking as you were saying that, I was just monitoring the feeling that I was getting. And it's that imagining doing the labyrinth, leading, facilitating a labyrinth with people who are in a prison. And we think of people who are in prison and all the limitations mm-hmm. they have and to see them experience the freedom Mm-hmm. that you get the spiritual freedom. Exactly. Well, and so often, you know, the very reason they're in there is not, they have never known that they have choice, that they have freedom, that they even have a spiritual freedom. And so for them to be introduced to something so simple yes. that delivers that, that's where they're blown away, you know. And and they get it. It's like, this is just a drawing on a floor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just in, a pattern. In physical form. Right. And yet I can receive so much peace. I can receive such a connection from it. Yeah. And and labyrinthlocator.com is the site. Okay. I just want to affirm that. As you were talking, I went and looked it up. And yeah. that is a great place to look Um and to learn more about labyrinths. And just to, in fact, the prison that we went to, the men were so sold on the labyrinth and how much it took care of them that they wound up requesting that we build one right there on site. And we just took whatever supplies were there. We didn't have to commission any grants or anything to do it, just what was there. And in a blank square kind of a holding area from yeah. going from one place to the next yeah we they they painted a pattern of the labyrinth right on the ground so now they have a permanent one there how sweet is that that was such a beautiful thing in fact it's very funny as soon as i said that i realized i was not present for the actual painting of it and they they wanted to honor me not being there and wanted to include me in it. And they took a piece of brown paper and the paint that they painted the labyrinth with and they painted my name on the piece of paper. And then once, because it, it dried that quickly, that they actually walked me on the labyrinth as they <laughs> walked it for the first time. And I still own that piece of paper. It ultimately oh. came to me. But it was such a wonderful, wonderful thing to know that those men were touched and have something forever. I mean, because the other piece when we go, we give journals with when we walk. And it's as simple as doing a finger labyrinth. 
It's yeah. on a piece of paper and you take the time and you walk what's on the paper. So they always have it now and it's it's just great. Oh, I have God bumps. Mm. Just the you know, chills from the idea of of the connection. When we give of service and from love and we share spirit, the connection is so authentic mm. and so powerful. You know, and the idea that, okay, we'll walk you through the labyrinth. Your paper, but it's just a representation <laughs> of you and your energy. I love that. I love that. So, I, you know, one of the things, and I didn't know, I had no idea that you had any engagement at all with labyrinths and prison ministry. I was aware of when we met, you were going to, together with the teens, build a labyrinth. Yeah. And so uh, that idea of not building it for the teens, mm -hmm. but building it with them so they could see the, have the experience of doing it. Right. Um, I, I want to take a quick break, and then I want to come back from the break and have you talk a little bit about that and what, you know, that experience experience was like okay but we'll take a quick break hang with us we'll be right back Career consultant and life coach, Maureen McDonald has helped hundreds of individuals and families navigate a job loss, career transition, or job search in this difficult economy. And she can help you, too. Whether it's adjusting to leaving the military and entering civilian life, just graduating college, or simply reinventing yourself, she can work with you locally or via Skype. Her services also include interview prep, professional resumes, cover and follow-up letters, and much more. To get Maureen working for you, contact her at 817-449-5800. That's 817-449-5800. Once again, 817-449-5800. Or you can email her at mcdonaldmaureen16 at yahoo.com. Give your career that extra edge. Call Maureen McDonald today at 817-449-5800. It's Dallas' oldest and most trusted site. Psychic Fair. Since 1979, the Dallas Psychic Fair has been providing North Texas with over 75 different professional psychics, wellness practitioners, and vendors, plus workshops, classes, and galleries, all in one convenient location on the first Sunday of every month at the Doubletree Hotel, 4099 Valley View Lane in Dallas. All readings are just $15, admission just $7. Go online for a $2 off admission coupon and to pre-book and pay for your readings. Go to DallasPsychicFair.com. That's DallasPsychicFair.com. The Dallas Psychic Fair. Spiritual growth through mind, body, and soul connections. The Dallas Psychic Fair is produced by Enterprises. This is Michael Bernard Beckwith, the founder of Agape International Spiritual Center, saying, Listen, you don't want to miss Wake Up, the Sound of Transformation, right here on Spiritual Journeys Radio Network. It's going to be a wonderful moment. Monday evenings at 8 p.m. Central. It's going to change your life. You're listening to Spiritual Journeys Radio Network. 
We're back, and you're listening to Spiritual Practices That Work. I'm Tracy Brown, your host, and I'm having a delightful conversation with Lynn Klein, and we're talking about labyrinths today. Lynn, right before the break, I asked you if you would talk a little bit about this uh, project that you were involved in, working with teens to build a labyrinth. Right. So I'm actually kind of a guest creating kind of a workshop um, as part of their conference, their spiritual conference experience. And we are going, we're building the labyrinth on the beach. So the first thing that I needed to do to organize this was to talk to their spiritual leader, their, their teen leader. And what we realized was most important is to keep the teens engaged. Yes. Keep them busy. So she said, let's create, the assignments, as it were, like let Lynn describe how what what's it going to take to build the labyrinth, mm-hmm. and then we'll break up the whole task into pieces and align the teens who are interested in the components. What appeals to them? Nice. Okay, so the basic um, process because we're built it's on the beach. We're building this, and um, I'm just kind of talking from when I talked to her. And uh, I said, so the first thing we do is we outline it. Yes. And in my practice run, the way I kept the outline visible to really lock it all in, because, you know, you're on sand, that slippery sand that changes shape very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I was working with black beans as an outline after I drew the circles. And so the first step is drawing the shape. You have to then outline the shape and then how do you lock the shape in and so the we use seaweed so we have a team of people who are going to get seaweed (laughs) people are going to help trace the shape as i as we create it and then there's always the tightening up of it you have to getting the entrance correctly marking where your turns are on the labyrinth so everyone's going to have a piece that they're going to participate in nice nice and that makes sense whether it's teens or adults or any age group. But what I love is having the tasks really clearly defined. Right. Versus just showing up and then saying, oh, well, a couple of you go do this. And a couple of you, oh, wait, we need to stop and back up. So right. you need to have the sequence right. in order. And in this particular case, it's not a permanent labyrinth. No. No, and um, which is part of the fun, you know. Um, we'll see how it's received. As this, as I described, you know, this last practice run, people just show up and start walking it after we were leaving. Um, so we left. It's all natural, and you know, we'll leave that in place if it's, you know, if that's acceptable and <laughs> any questions. So, so yeah, I I'm reminded that. A labyrinth does not have to be expensive. Right. It does not have to be made out of one specific type of material. I've seen labyrinths that were on plastic, like ours at our spiritual center that we roll up. Mm -hmm. You mentioned yours was on... It was an indoor-outdoor carpet. Right. So that's, you know... And then I've seen them all over the country, since I I love labyrinths, and I do look for them when I travel as well, and I've seen them made out of 
um, not granite, slate. Right. I've seen them um, made in a garden, a large garden, mm -hmm. where the borders were defined by local plants uh -huh. that then get maintained. So it's a beautiful, beautiful flowers in some places, shrubs in other places. I've seen them made with river rocks. So you don't have to have a labyrinth made from one specific thing. No. In, in fact, my personal taste is to work with indigenous mm -hmm. items. So uh, I've built another one that's um, a more permanent one, obviously, than the sand. And it was made from only elements of that property. So there was a clearing, and we had large boulders and then smaller rocks that were all from that property. And we just, you know, aligned them nose to nose and created the shape. Um, and I'm actually have been invited to build another one like that. Yay. And in fact, it's on a ranch uh, that ha is a highly regarded ranch. The energy um, is very palpable. And the, pers the people that run the ranch are very guarded about what happens on the ranch. And she's running it sustainably. So when she spoke with me, she said, well, I don't want you bringing anything here. So if you're going to come build a labyrinth, it's really only going to be from things that are already here. Nice. So they're preparing the land for me now. And in a couple of months, I'll go in and start constructing and it will just be, I say, constructing. But, I mean, moving things around is really all it takes. <laughs> yeah, you can do it from whatever you have available right. to you as long as you have enough of it to right. mark the pattern. Right. Mark the pattern. Yeah. Well, you know, there is, a, there is a big gap between going to a conference and experiencing a labyrinth to being a person now who is invited to build a labyrinth. Yeah. Because I know a lot about labyrinths, but I don't know that I know enough to actually build one. The measurements, the shape, I'm, I do know about the shapes. Right. How do you learn that stuff? Well, um, okay, so let's see. Where did I find... So there's definitely books out there. The one that, that was the most informative for me to read, um, I actually won't have the, the full title, but it's Reverend Lauren Artrist from Grace Cathedral in San Francisco, uh -huh. where they have two labyrinths, one indoor in the cathedral and one right outside on the plaza at the top of the steps. It's just gorgeous. And I learned a lot just reading her book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, you can really find a lot online. And actually, the, the one I built on sand, um, I literally wrote, how do I build a labyrinth on the beach? On, on the internet and got the information. <laughs> the internet is an amazing tool. <laughs> and it can be used for all kinds of things, including deepening your spiritual practice. Absolutely. Well, I was, just, I was really asking the question because like we may have listeners who never even heard of a labyrinth, we may also have listeners who love labyrinths and are inspired now to wait. This woman, Lynn, she's out there building labyrinths in prisons and in other places, on the beach even. I want to do that. Right. So it's 
it's as easy as being committed to finding the information and then practicing it and doing it. Yeah. I love, I love that. Yeah. And go ahead. Well, I I was just struck by, um, it hit me, what happens for you? How, I don't even know how to word the question. It's like all of us have our spiritual path, and this whole show is about spiritual practices that work. Right. Clearly, there is something about a labyrinth mm-hmm. that opened your heart, mm-hmm. that deepened your connection with spirit. And I just thought, I guess I'm curious if there's a way that you describe it or are you conscious of what it is for you that that locks in that connection. So several things come to mind. And what um, what I recognize on the labyrinth is a shift of energy. Mm-hmm. And and it's not necessarily limited to myself. So meaning that sometimes I have been on a canvas labyrinth in a large room and there will be different energy present on different points of the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm aware of is that the labyrinth itself is an energy vortex. And it calls forth uh, the very essence of, you know, our existence to, you know, the cellular level of being energy. And I I guess what I recognize is that I connect to that very easily on the labyrinth. I don't have to work at it. I don't, you know, I just get to move. And I'm a mover. I'm a dancer. I have to be in motion. So the labyrinth is an easy path for me to just step onto and be in motion and open myself up and I can just be in touch with the air I'm walking through. Because essentially that's it. I'm on a path based on a pattern on the ground and I'm moving through the sea of energy we live in. And there's so much there. Where it's a moment of opening up to really being conscious of that and living in that. And when we allow ourselves to go there, how much there is to receive. And whether you say, you know, there are conditions in our lives, um, and I, I choose to know more readily than ever, more readily than I ever have before, that I am choosing intentions when I get on that labyrinth because it's so powerful that I know whatever I align with is inevitably going to take form or be created somehow. And I trust it. I entirely trust what happens on the labyrinth, whether it's giggles and laughs or, you know, it just, it, it has a lot of energy and yet it's lighthearted and open. And I like that because that's the essence of who I am. It's fun. Fun and deep. Yeah. And I'm glad I asked you that question. Mm, me too. Because that captures what is possible. And if it can happen for you, it can happen for me, it can happen for anyone. Wow. 
So this is why I do interviews with interesting people on spiritual practices that work. Our time really is up, and I hate when that happens. <laughs> but what I love is that in this brief conversation, we've given people quite a bit, both an introduction and for people who already know about labyrinths, maybe a reminder mm-hmm. that if they haven't walked the labyrinth lately, that now would be a good time to seek one out and to have that experience once again. So I want to thank you, Lynn, for hanging out with me for a half hour or so. I love our conversation. And is there anything that you want to say that just wraps up this? Oh, well, thank you, Tracy. This has just been kind of an honor to have the opportunity to express my passion for something. And uh, wrapping it up, um, I don't know, just a big thank you. And I, I will stand in gratitude because to me, that is a very powerful place to be in gratitude and I'm grateful to have met Labyrinth and I'm grateful to be able to share them and you know I am so thrilled that they continue to show up in places all over the map and in your backyards and in your neighborhoods and And on the beach and on the beach and they're so accessible and so powerful great thanks we'll be in touch soon yes thanks Built on the premise that one person can make a difference, Tough Angels assist in creating safe havens for women and children of violence in developing countries, providing to help educate them and support them in restoring dignity, hope, and healing. And you can help by participating in the Tough Angels Wedding Ring Project. Repurpose old wedding rings, jewelry, rings, whether broken or missing parts. Through a unique arrangement, Tough Angels can receive full refinery price, making your donations go even farther. To mail your old jewelry, visit their website, toughangels.org. That's toughangels.org. Or call them at 303-880-8086. That's 303-880-8086. Toughangels.org. One person can make a difference. Visit them at toughangels.org. Where will you find Tarot, Angel Card Readers, Psychics, Clairvoyants, Healers, Dreams, Feng Shui, Past Life, Aura Photos, and much more? Only at the Dallas Psychic Fair, the oldest and largest psychic fair in North Texas. Admission's just $7, plus there's a $2 off coupon online. All readings are $15, and you can pre-book and pre-pay for your readings on the Dallas Psychic Fair website. You'll find complete details plus a $2 off admission coupon on their website, DallasPsychicFair.com. That's DallasPsychicFair.com. Simply the best since 1979. Presented by Enterprises. Hi, I'm Tracy Brown. Please join me here on Spiritual Journeys Radio Network for Spiritual Practices That Work. Together, we'll experience inner peace, we'll learn how to be calm in a crisis, recognize and honor our connection to spirit, and so much more. So join me here on Spiritual Journeys Radio Network. If you are ready to attract what you want and release the rest, I'll see you right here Tuesday evenings, 9 p.m. Central. This is Spiritual Journeys Radio Network. Everybody say Namaste, 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 Namaste. Namaste.
Are you ready for today's spiritual practices makeover? Well, let's go. Here's the letter I recently received. Dear Tracy, I run a small business and I use contractors for my technical needs like website updates. Lately, I keep attracting people who are either unreliable, unqualified, or unaffordable. What I want to attract is a person, male or female, who has the skills to do the job, plus is easy to work with and reliable. Signed, Need Help Fast. Okay, Need Help Fast. One of the things that we often talk about when we look at spiritual practices and spiritual qualities is if you spot it, you got it. So the first place to start in thinking about how to make over this situation, how to get a different result than you've been get, getting, is to first look at how are the characteristics you use to describe the contractors you've been attracting really apply to you in your own life. So let's look at unqualified, unaffordable, and unreliable. In what ways are these three characteristics mirrors for your own consciousness or your own experience? In other words, in what ways are you being unreliable in your work-related or profession-related situations? Are there ways in which you might have basic qualifications, but there are people who are more qualified than you who could be doing some of the things you are doing? Or are there even things you have committed to do that you really don't have the skills or the qualifications to execute or to implement? And then with unaffordable, that could be literal, that you are putting yourself out for services or for information that you are charging more than you should or more than your market can pay or vice versa. You're shortchanging yourself from a financial perspective as you price your services or price your business. And so you are not valuing in a financial way all that you have to offer. So in response, you get people who are, you know, basically more than where your financial mindset is or your financial meter is. And that is showing up in your life in a way that, um, or in the form of the contractors you are attracting. But let's not stop there. That's just a place to start. Often we have in our consciousness or in our experience that which shows up in physical form to point that out to us or to get our attention. But I would also say as a spiritual practice, one of the things you really want to think about is what affirmation or what uh, realization step, what is it that you want to claim and affirm? In the letter, Need Help Fast says that I want to attract a person, male or female, who has the skills, is easy to work with, and is reliable. And that alone, that you know, alone could be an affirmation. I now attract the perfect colleague or contractor who has the right skills, is easy to work with, and is reliable. I would recommend that immediately you stop saying, I can't find anyone who blah, blah, blah. I can't find anyone who meets these requirements. Because every time any of us says, I can't find someone, the universe says, yes. I can't accomplish this. I can't do it. The universe says, yes. 
So instead, let's replace that with a statement or an affirmation, maybe, maybe something like this. I am so happy and grateful that I now work with an amazing, competent IT person whose skills and consciousness are a perfect match for my business and my budget. Ooh, I like that. I am so happy and grateful that I now work with an amazing, competent IT person whose skills and consciousness are a perfect match for my business and for my budget. So, me help fast. Why don't you try that on and see how it works and send me an email and let me know how fast your help arrives in the form of the perfect contractor to help you achieve your business goals. And that's today's Spiritual Practices Makeover. If you would like to have a Spiritual Practices Makeover, just shoot me an email at tracy at reclaimjoy.com. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Harbin, and I'm here to serve. Whether you're looking to heal past wounds or find your angels and spirit guides, I'm a certified professional card reader with experience in hypnotherapy and energy work as well. My angels and spirit guides and I can provide you with information you need to take that next step on your path. Schedule some time with me by calling 214-454-0072. You heard this message for a reason, and together we can find out why. Hi, I'm Tracy Brown. Please join me here on Spiritual Journeys Radio Network for Spiritual Practices That Work. Together, we'll experience inner peace, we'll learn how to be calm in a crisis, recognize and honor our connection to spirit, and so much more. So join me here on Spiritual Journeys Radio Network. If you are ready to attract what you want and release the rest, I'll see you right here Tuesday evenings, 9 p.m. Central. This is Spiritual Journeys Radio Network. Everybody say Namaste, 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 Namaste. So I hope you're ready. It's time for our highly recommended resources. And today our highly recommended resources are being brought to you by Michael Brundy. Michael Brundy is a powerful speaker, a great, great manager and leader, and someone who's very grounded in spiritual practices. So Michael, welcome. And what resources do you recommend for our listeners today? Thanks, Tracy. Yeah. If I was going to recommend resources uh, for spiritual practices, this is what I do. Every day I start off my day with a to-do list. And sometimes it's kind of difficult to come up with what I'm going to put on that to-do list. But I have six things that are pretty standard, and it always helps me get started. Those six things are pray, meditate, read, write, eat, and exercise. For me, five out of those six things are spiritual practices. Praying, the meditating, the reading, the writing, which is like journal, and exercise. All those for me are are spiritual practices, and spiritual practice is a way that I stay balanced, the way I stay in tune, the way I stay connected. One, one of the first things I do is the prayer and the meditation. I have a good friend named Sporty King, and Sporty always says that the first thing that he likes to do with his day is make sure that he, he speaks with his God. And I think that's a good suggestion. The first, make sure that you touch base with God, with whatever you see God are to be. And for me, I do that with prayer and meditation. Praying to me is when 
I speak to God. Meditating is when God speaks back to me. So when I pray, I try to use the spiritual mind treatment that we learn at, at the Center of Spiritual Living. And it's five steps to that, which are recognition, unification, realization, thanksgiving, and release. And I try to make sure that I apply all five of those where I recognize that I'm connected to spirit and, and we're all one and realize that the things that I want, I, I can have. And I just have to be thankful for them in advance and just release it and let it go. For me, that, that's a good, powerful way to affirm my life and the things that I want in life. Then what I do after that, though, is I, I meditate. Now, I'm pretty fortunate at my house. I have even reserved a special room that I use just for meditation and uh, call it the spiritual room. And it's a room that's full of candles and incense and pillows on the floor and nice meditative music. And it's, it's really a good place for meditation. But what I found is that sometimes listening to the same old CD, the same old cassette, can get kind of old. So what I've found is some resources that maybe maybe some of the listeners could use when they want to do meditation because there's all types of different meditations that you may want to, want to get into. So what I do is I just simply go to iTunes. When I go to iTunes, I can look at audio books, I can look at music, I can look at podcasts, all types of things that will give me more information about meditation. And all I have to really do is type in the word meditation and do a search and boom, things pop up. So what I do is I download podcasts, and, and I've been lucky that I can get podcasts from people like Marianne Williamson and Esther Hicks, and one of my favorite ones is called Meditation Oasis. It, it's, it's a free podcast, and what they do on Meditation Oasis is that they provide you with a different, different type of meditation, maybe a guided meditation, maybe one that's filled with sound of nature, different types uh, to give you some variety, and that makes it makes meditation a little bit more exciting, a little bit more fun for me. And what I've noticed is that sometimes it's a real good idea for me to have spiritual practices that are fun, things that I want to do that I get excited about doing. So when I get out on iTunes and find that information, it sort of gets me pumped up and makes me get excited. And, and not only can you find podcasts, but you can actually find applications. So there are tons of free apps just for meditation. One of the other things that I do is I, I believe that it's important to, to read as well as write. That's part of my part of my spiritual practice each day. Some folks would say writing is the same as journaling, but I think it's important that you get those ideas, those things that are clogged up in your head, out on paper. And it also gives me a way to chronicle my life and know what's going on and remember what's going on. So I can go back and read those journal entries and get a little bit of motivation and inspiration later on and know how I got and handled other problems in the past. The, the reading is also a good thing that I, that I do. I, I try to read it at least a, a book a week, but that gets to be hard sometimes when you're really busy to keep up on that reading. And I'm really fortunate that at the Center for Spiritual Living, we, we're in the process now of always having a, a book to read, a book of the month to read, so that gives me something to read. But what I found is that since I don't have a lot of time, it can be difficult to get my reading in, so I've learned some little tricks to make sure that I can get that reading in. And what I do is, once again, I go out online and I I go get audiobooks. I'll download audiobooks and put those audiobooks on my iPod. And what that does is gives me the ability to read books or get the information from books when I'm riding, when I'm in the bathtub, when I'm running, when I'm doing other things. I, I can always have access to that information. The other thing I've learned, too, that uh, helps me with the reading is that most things that I want to read, I can get a video of it. And I can definitely go out on YouTube and just do a search on most any topic, and a lot of times I'll do broad topics like philosophy or spirituality and just see what comes up. 
and I'll find tons of things that I can I can view and, and listen to, and it supports my reading and it supports my my ongoing search for more knowledge. It's just another way to get more knowledge. And if you have problems with doing searches on YouTube, just do a simple search on TED. TED is a group of folks who talk about any and everything, and you can surely find good spiritual lessons when you listen to people talk on TED. So pray, meditate, read, and write. And for the reading and writing, you can use audio books and you can use YouTube. And for the meditation, you can use podcasts on iTunes. Now, the other thing that I do for me is that's really important is exercising. It, it's important that I have my spirits together, but if, if I don't feel good physically, if I don't feel healthy, then all that seems to be for naught. So I think of exercising as a spiritual practice, something that keeps me balanced, something that keeps me focused, something that keeps me connected to who I, who I am. And for me, that means a lot of cardio exercise, like running. I, I love to run. It's a way of having solitude, a way of being by myself, a way of being in nature because I only run outside. I, I'm not good at running on treadmills. That just kind of puts me to sleep. But to be outside in nature, to hear the birds and watch the squirrels dash across the path and see the greenery, that's just another way of meditating, another way of praying for me, another way of me enjoying nature and, and appreciating what we all have here. So exercise is a very, very important spiritual practice for me. Now, the, the last spiritual practice that I'll share with you, it, it's not my sixth goal, which is eating, but instead it's being of service. What I've learned is that being of service can make a big difference, and that's a good way to practice a lot of the things that we, we say that we believe in. And I do a lot of that with my fraternity. Uh, I'm a member of Kappa Alpha Psi, and our fraternity, like most fraternities, has a, a big emphasis on doing things in the community. And that serves me as a platform and a way to get involved. So through that platform and with that organization, I've been able to work with the Dallas Life Foundation and, and do workshops with the homeless and serve them in that way. Also, uh, to serve as a volunteer for the North Texas Food Bank. It's just a place that makes sure that people in North Texas get a chance to eat and maybe all I end up doing is stuffing some boxes or helping move some things, but at least I think I help with the bigger picture, which is to make sure that other folks get a chance to eat. And then on top of that, I'm also president of our foundation, which has a purpose of making sure that we provide to the community and also provide scholarships for children. It's, it's a good way to be of service, to give back to other people and not just focus on myself. So being of service for me is one of those highly recommended spiritual practices. And if you need a way or a resource or some way to get to help other people, I'd suggest the Dallas Life Foundation or North Texas Food Bank. Those are real easy places to volunteer and doesn't require any prior experience or any skills at all. So for me, my highly recommended spiritual practice and, and resources for those practices would be make sure that you pray, meditate, read, write, exercise, and be of service. Praying, do that. I try to do that with the affirmations that come from Center of Spiritual Living, which are recognition, unification, realization, thanksgiving, and release. Meditating, 
That's pretty simple, but if you have trouble with it, remember that you can always go out to iTunes and find podcasts or find free apps that will help you with meditation. Reading, that's real simple. Pick up a good book. If you don't have a lot of time to read a good book, get an audio book and listen to books as you drive in your car or watch YouTube videos. Writing, that's a good way of saying journal. Make sure that you just sit down and write. I do daily messages of inspiration every day, and I do it with newsletters. I write on Facebook, and what I've discovered is that I can impact other people just through my writing. Matter of fact, recently I got a call from a friend of mine who happened to be in New York City. He was sitting with one of his friends, someone that I didn't know, and this guy talked about the people that write messages on Facebook, and he had discovered this one guy who was very profound, he thought, and was one of the best writers on Facebook. And that guy turned out to be me. And my friend ended up calling me, and we made a connection with the other guy. So you never know where your writings may go, and you never know how they may impact others. So that's another good spiritual practice. Finally, make sure that you exercise so that you're healthy, and then find a way to be of service of others. For me, Tracy, those are my highly recommended resources and my highly recommended spiritual practice. So I think if people practice those, they'll find that they're able to stay in balance and to be well-connected. How fabulous. Thank you so much, Michael. I agree with you that so often when we think of things to do, we don't know how to like put it together. And what you just did was great because you gave the ideas for practice and you provided some resources that would help guide people if they're not in a place where they can do it themselves or they don't have the time to initiate it all from scratch. And I want to thank you for bringing in the Internet because uh, so far we haven't had a lot of references to the Internet. And absolutely, iTunes and YouTube are a great way to access the technology in a way that supports our spiritual practice. So thanks for sharing those highly recommended resources, and we'll be in touch soon. You're more than welcome, Tracy, and I look forward to speaking to you again. Thanks for listening to today's show. Thanks to Lynn Klein and Michael Brendy for sharing inspiring and educational info today. Thanks also to Chuck Murphy of Spiritual Journeys Radio Network. My name is Tracy Brown, and I would love to hear from you. On Facebook, go to facebook.com spiritual practices and make a comment and be sure to like my page or send me an email at tracy at reclaimjoy.com. Remember, spiritual practices work if you work them. Good night.